You know, I'm, I'm kind of glad that, um, that Andrew left the rock up here because at least now I know that he's not going to throw it at me. <laughs> you don't, never know what kind of size rocks God's going to put in your boot, do you? I love this. Say yes. You know what? God wants you to say yes. If, you, if you've gathered one thing over the last couple of weeks of this series that we've been in, it's that we're imploring you through Scripture to say yes to Jesus. God wants you to say yes. And, you, and, and the glorious celebration is that people in our church are beginning to say yes to Jesus. It's actually been put on display. I brought the board up here. Uh, you'll have a chance, if you haven't already, to put your, your slip up here. I, I said Jesus by. I said yes to Jesus when. I mean, there's all sorts of people saying yes to Jesus. I, I just want to read a couple of them. Our family started tithing. We've said yes to Jesus. I, I like this one. Uh, I said yes to Jesus to be nice to everyone, even if they're not nice to you. Wow. Uh, there's this one down here. To conduct myself as Christ, uh, to give my life and my time to my church, to reach out and help others to find their way. I've, I've said yes. I love all of these. If you haven't had a chance, stop and read the times that people that you're sitting next to right now are saying yes to Jesus. Some people are saying, yes, I, I know that I, I need to give my time, my service, my energy. This one I love. I said yes to Jesus by playing with my brother when I could have been doing something else. Saying yes to Jesus comes in all shapes and sizes. And if you haven't felt it yet, if, if there's nothing moving in you yet, um, God's giving you another opportunity, another day, another hour, another chance to open up the Bible and say yes to Jesus. You see, Wadding Christian Church, we exist to help people find and follow Jesus. And if we're going to find and follow Jesus, then all of us need to say yes to Jesus. Whether it's something small or something large, uh, we need to take the rocks out of our boot that say yes and actually say yes to Jesus. A couple of weeks ago, we... We looked at ourselves as followers of Jesus and we said we have to say yes by sacrificing something, by laying something down, by denying ourselves. And then the last week we, we came back together again and we said we had to say yes to Jesus by picking something up, by taking on a new role or a new responsibility, by being willing to say I will take on something for the sake of saying yes to Jesus. And this morning, we talk about saying yes to Jesus in another way. 
Many of you here this morning uh, have already said yes to Jesus, at least initially. You would say of your life, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I follow Him. Maybe you would say in another way, in a Sunday school class or in an environment like this, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I continue to learn about Him. And so as followers of Jesus, as people who have said yes to Jesus, how are you helping others say yes to Jesus? You see, God, in His wisdom, gives us a process, gives us a a simple solution to, to how we can help others say yes to Jesus. Let's say you're at work. And there's somebody at your work that happens to know that uh, every Monday morning you walk in talking about church. Yes, I was in church. Yes, we, we studied the Bible. Yes, uh, we, we looked at, at different passages of Scripture and they hear you talking about it. And one day, uh, as they get curious, uh, they begin to ask you, well, how is it exactly that I begin to say yes to Jesus? what will you say? Maybe you're a student in your school and everybody knows uh, that you're the Christian. You've tried to act like a Christian. You've tried to allow the words that come out of your mouth to be be holy and true. You've tried to stay away from some things uh, that that make you distinctly non-Christian. And there's someone that on, a, on a, maybe a school bus ride to or from a basketball game, uh, in the back of the bus, there's a conversation that begins that you never anticipated, but it, it steered, it's being steered in the direction of Jesus, of God, of why in the world you go to church and you have an opportunity in a moment uh, to be able to help someone or maybe many someone say yes to Jesus. What are you going to say? Maybe it's that there's someone in your own home. Maybe it's a a family member. And once in a while, they sit at your table. They sit across from you and they know where you stand with Jesus. Perhaps their life is going through some bit of chaos. Maybe it's a crisis. And you want to be able to help them say yes to Jesus for the first time. This morning, God gives us guidance on how we can help others, maybe help ourselves, say yes to Jesus for the first time. This morning, what we're going to see is that that through a, a number of passages of Scripture, a number of places in the Bible when God speaks, that God speaks into our life and helps us to say yes. And He's going to tell us why we need to say yes. He's going to give us a reason for saying yes. And He's also going to give us some steps. How is it that we say yes? He's going to give us a simple process so that we can say yes, and so that we can help others say yes. So if you're interested in helping anybody say yes, if you're interested in saying yes yourself, maybe for the first time, I'm going to ask you to grab a Bible and open it with me to Ephesians 
Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. There should be a Bible in front of you. Go ahead, uh, go to the book of Ephesians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. So if you get to Galatians, you're almost there. If you get to Philippians, you've gone too far. When I was learning the books of the Bible, it was helpful to me to remember where Ephesians was by a little acronym, General Electric Power Company, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. So if that helps you, God bless you. We pass it along. Ephesians chapter 2. It's really interesting. God tells us why we should say yes. He gives us a good reason to say yes. In fact, in giving us a good reason, He tells us the places that we have been and the places that we will be. He tells us what our life is like without Jesus. And He gives us a glimmer of what our life could be with Jesus. I want you to see what your life is like without Jesus. I want you to notice what the Word says when it talks about your life and the places that you have been. Look at with me, would you please, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. As for you all, he's talking to the entire church, as for you all, you all were dead in your sins and transgressions in which you used to live, when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. I mean, if I were to sum up all of this, these first three, version, these first three verses of Ephesians, it comes in verse 1. There it is, plain as day, you all were dead. D-E-A-D. All in capital letters. It sums up what our life is like without Jesus. You want to reason... You want to know why you should say yes to Jesus? It's because without Jesus, you and I are dead. I mean, did you gather it? All the times in this passage, in these first three verses, you were dead. Uh, There's transgressions and sins. You were following the ways of the world. You were following the cravings of your your earthly or uh, natural nature. You were disobedience. Dead. Your life without Jesus is the walking dead. Without Jesus, you all and I are are the zombie apocalypse. That's what our life is like without Jesus. We're walking around already dead. You want a reason for saying yes? You need to look in the mirror and recognize that your life without Jesus is nothing. It's dead. Oh, I know, you're walking around, but you're already dead. 
without Jesus. Now, he doesn't just tell us, he doesn't just give us a reason of where we've been. He says, yeah, I know, you're dead. If you're following in the nature of everything around you, if you're, if you're falling prey to all sorts of cravings in your life, uh, your life without Jesus is dead. But he doesn't just leave us there. He actually leads us forward. He gives us another reason to say yes to Jesus. He doesn't just say, hey, these are the places that you have been. He says, oh, the places you will go. Do you remember that one? Notice he said, what he says about the places that you will go. Let's pick up in verse 4. But, oh, there's some big buts in the Bible. Verse 4, but because of his great love for us, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ, and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. Why? In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Because it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. Not by work so that no one can boast. Because we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good work, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You want a couple of reasons. Part of it is uh, you need to see who you are, your life is like without Jesus. And the, and the summary of that is dead. But if you want a glimmer of why you should say yes to Jesus... It's because God has acted in such a way that there is a gift ready for you to receive. You see, there's, there's, a, uh, there's a word that summarizes what verses 4 through 10 are really all about. It happens in verse 5. He says, He's made us alive. There's a contrast in these two sections of Scripture between dead and alive. If we live without Jesus, our lives are dead. If we live with Jesus, we, we have a chance at life because we have received something that only God can gift to us. Did you catch it? There's a great big giant gift still sitting underneath the tree. And we have a chance to open it. We have a chance to go and receive it. The question is, how do we say yes to Jesus? How do we come to that glorious gift? I mean, do you hear it? Throughout this passage, recognize the rich mercy of God. He, He's not given us what we deserve. Do you recognize the great grace of God? He's given us more than we could possibly imagine. 
Even when we were dead, He did something so that we might be made alive. It's, it's incredible. Uh, this is grace. He's giving us something that we couldn't earn, we couldn't deserve. Uh, we, can't, uh, we can't possibly work enough. We can't possibly go to enough Sunday school classes or hear enough bad sermons or have enough rocks planted in our shoe. Amen? It's, it's by God's grace. And he says, I'm giving you this gift. You want a reason to follow Jesus? You want a reason to say yes to Jesus? Your life without him is dead, but your life with him is alive. Now, the Bible doesn't just leave us there. As we pour through Scripture, as we look, God begins to orchestrate some steps, some simple things that we can do to say yes to Him, to go to that, that gift that He offers and open it up. There are many things that Scripture lines up for us to say yes to Him. And perhaps first and primary among all of those things, the Bible says, hey, if you want to say yes to Jesus, if you want to open up that gift, if you want there to be a conduit of God's grace that you participate in, uh, then you need to believe. The Bible calls this faith. In Hebrews chapter 11 the Bible says of faith, uh, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we don't see. Uh, faith is, believing is, um, taking something of the truth and saying, I believe that this is real. I believe it's true. For you and I, it means that we actually believe that without Jesus, we're dead means that we recognize that, that if I say no to Jesus, that I am the walking dead. It means that I believe that God is good and that He is gracious and abundant and kind, slow to anger and abounding in love. It means that I recognize His mercy. It means that I believe that God sent His Son Jesus down to earth that He would take on human form, that He would be conceived via the Holy Spirit, that He would be born of a virgin, that He would live, that He would spend three years-ish in ministry uh, talking about what He came to do in saving people from their sins. And that he would die on a cruel cross so that there might be a blood uh, that is pure enough to be a covering of cleanness in the house of God where God is going to come to dwell via the Holy Spirit. That's us. And believe that one day as he ascended, he's coming back and he's going to bring heaven down with him and we get to enjoy that forever. It means believing that if you and I have an opportunity to participate with Him in His death and burial and resurrection, that we also have an opportunity to raise again to live a new life. Not later, not sometime down the road, not when we get to heaven, but now. And that we can allow our yes to reign through us every day. Faith is believing all those things and probably so much more. But here's the hard thing. The kind of faith that the Bible talks about, 
The kind of belief that the Bible talks about isn't just a categorized list of check marks. You see, James, uh, the book of James, he he begins to tell us about faith. And uh, he says, if you had a demon right here on stage, sitting right here, and we could do an interview with a demon this morning, that the demon would say, yes, I believe in all of those things. Check, 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 check. You see, your belief isn't simply a book where you go through and go, hey, that sounds pretty good. The kind of faith that the Bible talks about, the kind that says yes to Jesus, is the kind of belief that really is more of a verb than a noun. It's not a thing that we just check mark. It's a verb that we do, that we involve ourselves in. You see, believing is a a reorientation to our life, to commitment with Jesus. So are you ready to say yes? Are you ready to say yes to Jesus and say, yes, Lord, my life belongs to you. It's no longer my own. It's yours, and I surrender to you. In that same chapter in Hebrews, it says in verse 6, and without faith, Without that belief that I'm talking about this morning, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Impossible. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. It's a reorientation to say, I believe and I'm going to allow my life to demonstrate it. Are you ready to say yes to Jesus? Are you ready to help someone in your life say yes to Jesus? That, that co-worker, that, that fellow student, that family member, say yes to Jesus. It, it begins here, I, I need you to believe. But that's not all. What other steps would God give us? What, what, what else is part of this process? That God gives us that we might say yes to Jesus. Belief, it's huge. We have to have that. It probably is the, the nucleus of this thing. It, it, it's the engine that makes the rest of the things go. But, uh, but there's more. Believe. But the Bible also tells us that we ought to confess. Uh, there's, there's multiple facets to this idea of confession. One of the ideas of this uh, facet of confession is that we confess who God is. We confess who He is. He is holy and He is righteous and He is all-knowing and He he has all power. Sometimes we call that God's sovereignty. We recognize God's faithfulness, His, His goodness, His abundance and grace. In fact, and... In a passage in Romans, as, as Paul begins to, to lay out some things for a church in Rome uh, where, uh, well, there's some disagreement about what's essential, about what's in, really important, he begins to say to them in verse nine, 8 and 9, he says, but what does it say? The word is near you, it's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth... Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll you'll be saved. 
He says, hey, there's got to be this element of faith, but there's also this thing that we do with our mouth. And, and notice what he does there. He says, there's this element of confession where we look to God and we say, God, I recognize who you are. And he says, Jesus is Lord. You know what Lord means? It's really this idea that Jesus is master. It's interesting to me, sometimes people say, oh, we, we shouldn't talk about lordship as mastery because of a potential uh, negative connotation. Now, here's my response to that. I can go to a Star Wars movie and we talk about everybody being our master of someone else and we seem to think that that's called entertainment but we walk inside the church and we say, hey, we have to confess Jesus as Lord, that he has mastery over me, that I am going to submit and surrender to him, and somehow that's offensive. Hey, you want to say yes to Jesus? You got to confess who he is for you. He's the Lord. He's the Almighty. He's the All-Powerful. He is the one that you will serve. And in one sense, in one sense, church, He is your master. And we bow our knees and surrender to Him. Now the other, the other sense, the other direction that confession takes is not only do we have to recognize who God is, we have to recognize who we are. In a very real way, as we walk through life, we got to recognize that we have to acknowledge who He is always and acknowledge who we are in light of who He is. Hey, you and I, without Jesus, are dead. You and I, without Jesus, we're lost. In Matthew chapter 10, as Jesus walks through with the disciples, he says something about acknowledgement and really confession here that's, that's important. He says in verse 32, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Hey, what's happening down here has consequences for where God is. You and I need to confess, God, this is who you are, this is who I am, and I'm going to let that be known to other people here on earth. Because I recognize the decisions I make here have eternal consequence for where you reside. I want to be in your presence, and I'm going to acknowledge you no matter what. You want to say yes to Jesus? You have to believe. But you need to confess part of a simple process, some steps that we take so that we can say yes to Jesus. The Bible also teaches us in this gracious guide that it gives us so that we might say yes to Jesus, that we need to repent. Repent. Uh, throughout the Bible, we find that God's people 
whether they've known God and have a relationship with Him or they're far from God and coming in to know Him for the very first time, that repentance is part of this process. I don't just repent once, I repent many times. I don't know about you, but sometimes I still sin. I know that's a surprise to most of you. Thank you for those of you that laughed. That was a joke, okay? Yeah. Which means not only do I need to repent one time, I need to repent many times. You know what repentance is? Repentance is not feeling sorry. Now, sorrow may lead me to repentance, but uh, sometimes are you just not sorry that you just got caught? Repentance is not feeling bad because I got caught. Repentance is not a, a, a feeling of sorrow because I don't get to do something now that I wanted to do. That's not repentance. That's not what the Bible talks about when it talks about repentance. No, 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 no. Repentance is this, this activity, gang, where, where, where you and I, recognizing who God is and who I am because we've confessed that to Him, uh, repentance is this activity where I begin to put my garbage behind me. I actually load up my bags, I put my garbage behind me, and I reorient my life uh, to face God. Amen. The other day, my parents, for my son's birthday, sent him a compass. Now, I mean, it's not like one of these like dollar store compasses, you know? I mean, it's not like this big. I mean, this thing is... It's good size, right? It's like this big, and it comes with an instruction book. And it walks you through step by step. Hey, you have to go outside and point it in this direction so that you can actually adjust the compass so that it, it is in true north, right? You have to adjust your compass so that if you're out in the woods and you need a compass to go in the right direction, that you actually go in the right direction. This is something of a picture of repentance. It's a compass for us. Hey, we got to go outside. We got to stick all that stuff behind us, all the things that we've done, all the, the, peop the people that we used to be. Uh, we got to stick our baggage behind us and we got to go in the direction of Jesus. But He's the true north, He's the direction that we have to go. And repentance means. Not only do I put stuff behind me, but it means that when I sin, when I, when I mess up, when I do things that I know that I shouldn't do, but I do them anyway. Has anybody ever been there? It means that when I do those sorts of things, that actually in my heart there is regret, that I actually mourn the things that I do wrong, that I don't do well, that I'm doing, uh, that really don't honor my life with Jesus. It means that I actually mourn over that because I've reoriented my life. It means that those people that I have hurt because I've repented, it means that the people that I've hurt because I've sinned, that I seek restitution and restoration, that I try and reconcile relationships that I've hurt because of my own sin on earth. It means that I do whatever I can to try and restore because that's the nature of the kingdom that I'm saying yes to. 
And it's interesting, isn't it? When we hear Jesus speak in his ministry, he says that without this, without repentance, we're going to be destroyed. Without repentance, without a turning, without a restoration, we're going to be destroyed. In Luke chapter 13, he says this about repentance. 13 verse 3. He says, I tell you, no, unless you repent, you too will perish. All of you. Unless you repent, you're destroyed. You see, you're already dead. But if you don't repent, you've not said yes. This is serious. There's a picture in Luke. There's a picture in Luke. Luke 19 of a man who has embodied repentance. In Luke 19, there's a little man with a big story, and his name is Zacchaeus, and he's a tax collector. And maybe you've been in church before, maybe you haven't, but tax collectors are bad dudes, okay? Right, tax collectors are not the guy that you enjoy being around. Uh, they're, the kind of, they're the kind of people that you tell your daughter not to date. Okay? That, that's the kind of people we're talking about. And, and Zacchaeus is like big time business tax collector. And then he encounters Jesus. And there's this whole story and Zacchaeus ends up going to his house and Jesus comes over and he repents. How do we know that? Well, <laughs> because Jesus says, well, let me tell you what Zacchaeus says first. He says in verse 8, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, there's that word again, Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. He's repented. He's recognized. He's owned it. This is who I was. That's not who I want to be anymore. I can be alive with you. I, I'm dead where I stand. Uh, but now, now that I've repented, I have to try and make restitution. I have to try and restore those I've hurt. So this is what I'm going to do, Jesus. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I am saying yes. And Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. You want to say yes to Jesus? Repent. You want those close to you to come to Jesus? Help them repent. Walk beside them. Show them how. Now there's one more step, and it's a big one. It's one that seemingly causes all sorts of controversy. But can I tell you, it's in the Bible. Can I tell you that, that throughout Scripture, people who have walked through this process, this simple thing of saying yes to Jesus, have come time and time and time again to baptism. Now, I know some of you are looking at your watch and thinking, there's no way we're going to cover baptism in two minutes. 
And you know what? You're right. So you better come back next week. Because part of this process, part of the simple steps that God gives us to say yes to Jesus is in the waters of baptism. So here's my encouragement to you. Maybe this morning, you came and you said, I'm ready to put my name on that, on that board. I'm ready. I want to say yes to Jesus in every imaginable way. I hope you will. I hope you come talk to me or Josh or the person that brought you today or one of the elders or a friend. And I pray that the today will not end before you put that rock in your shoe and you say yes to Jesus. But I also pray that for those of you who have come in this morning and you already know Jesus, that you, you have said of yourself, I, I have this relationship with Jesus. I follow him. I'm a disciple of him. I live with the Holy Spirit living in me. That now you have a clear roadmap. That there is a guideline for you uh, to helping other people say yes to Jesus. I know, I know we haven't talked all about baptism yet. That'll be next week. But now you have something to stick in your pocket as you go home. Now you have something that you can begin to, to ruminate over, to, to look through Scripture and say, ah, I want to say yes to Jesus. I want my friends to say yes to Jesus. It's time to say yes to Jesus. Have you gathered that? So I hope that however God is priming you to say yes, whatever rocks that He is planting in your shoe... that as you go out, you'll take a pen and you'll, you'll allow this just to be something between uh, you and God and looking for people to un- encourage them to say yes to Jesus too, that you'll allow your hand to go to a pen and say, I'm going to say yes to Jesus. This is how I'm going to say yes to Jesus. I'm going to say yes to Jesus when I. I'm going to say yes to Jesus by and fill it out and pin it up on the board and allow your life to be oriented to true north, to Jesus. Would you stand with me as we pray? Gracious God, you are good. You are so, so good. And so, Lord, I pray that we will gather around your, your people. And, Lord, if we don't know you, I pray that today we say yes. I pray that today is the day we go through that. We say, I'm going to believe. I confess. I repent. I submit myself to you in baptism, Lord. I pray that if we've already gone through all of that, if we've said yes to you already, Lord, that, that we would have and be armed in any situation to help others say yes. Lord, help us to find and follow, help, help us to find and follow you. Lord, help us to help others find and follow you too. We say yes. Whenever, whatever, however, our answer to you is yes. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.